Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. If she walks by, the men folks stand in rows. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Now, I want to state for the record, I don't think you are an incompetent driver. When we're on the Beltway, <laughs> <laughs> and I am white knuckling it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought because I know you see me over there clenched, but it's not you. It's what the other drivers are going to do. That's what terrifies me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. It's very very funny traveling in a car with him because if I'm driving, he's over there hitting the brake and grabbing. <gasps> well, the Beltway is and you it know distracts me, which distracts my driving, and it's just very 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 funny. Well, there, yeah, it's it's just you're we're already going like 75 80 and then a car comes past you you know at 40 miles an hour darting through lanes and every you know and other people are throwing on their brake lights to avoid them right so that you know and and i'm just waiting for that that uh, you know the i've i've you know knock wood i've i've never been in a proper accident around here and i hope not to be and well, nobody wants to be in one and um you know so it's just because that's what you always see is somebody's tailgating, and then somebody cuts in front of them, well, and then the, the accident happens well, behind. The thing that you always say is, you're, I, you know, when you're driving, I've heard you say, oh, here they come, here they come, mm-hmm. now brake lights, look at yeah. the brake lights. <laughs> brake lights, it's always, right. Yeah, you, you always say that, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I uh, and then, but it's just amazing to me. And then, of course, we, we we've talked about you and I personally have talked about this. It's like the lack of concern for their life. Uh-huh. Like I guess I'm just I. You know. They're just the, it's so it's such a punk ass way to drive, and you just see it left and right, and you know, and especially when they're accelerating into the traffic jam, and there's nowhere to go, right? And right. you know what I mean? I, yes. and, and yeah, it's it just so and when of we course, were driving. There's enough distractions now. Everybody's distracted when they're driving. Their phones, their messages. When their we're on whatever. 95 and we're going to Florida, and there's no track, we're we're mile. The next car is a mile in front of us, and there's a car a mile behind. I'm fine. I'll follow. You know, I'll do whatever. But it's when we're on the Beltway and there's there's a car, one car length behind us, and we're going 80, and there are cars three inches off either side of the uh, the the rearview mirrors and things like that. And you look over and it's a, it's a it's a 75 year old woman looking at her phone, or it's a teenager to your left looking at their phone. What was the one last night? It was like 10 10:30, and we were driving, and there's there was like. Two or three cars. They weren't drag. I don't know what it's called. They're not drag racing, but they're was, they're, they're racing. Models. They're racing through traffic, and they were two uh, like Challenger, like uh, yeah. uh, uh, muscle cars. Right yeah, and then they got off on ninety five South. Yeah. I think. And I was just like, where, where, where the fuck are you going? Where, where, where are you going? Because there's cars in front of you. And two, it's just so dangerous. Dumb. And the thing is, and this is, of course, my little theory, you know, that it's not that it's not necessarily that person that's driving like that that's going to have the accident. They're going to cause someone who isn't as confident as a driver mm-hmm. to have the accident. Yeah. Because that, in my opinion, causes more accidents. They're not in the wrecks, they cause the wrecks. People who hesitate, people who don't, you know, who, 
you know, they, they, oh, you're a safe driver if you're going 55 on the, on a, in a, on the regular highway. Well, you're following the law, but, uh, nobody else is doing that. So therefore you're actually an obstacle yeah. and, you know, it's, it's garbage. Yeah. I, um, but I, that's, I just want to get that off my chest. Uh, my brother, I will say, I am going to say this for the record. You will do shit driving and what, and, I, and I'll go, if I did that, you'd have a fit. Mm-hmm. So, cause he will, he, he will do things a little reckless when he's driving. But if I do it, he's having a shit fit over there. It's yeah. Well, you're fun. exaggerating for effect, but maybe, you're right. Maybe. <laughs> I won't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my brother mentioned it. To, I mentioned it to him and it was on my mind. And I said, do you remember the murder of that, that girl back in Norwich? And he said, Wendy Cooper, like he'd been just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, Wendy Cooper. And, uh, it just had been on my mind and I remember how it changed the whole tenor of the town of Norwich in Norwich. It was in 1974. It was in June of 1974. And I want to read, um, Steve Wolf was a sports writer for ESPN and Sports Illustrated, senior writer, big name in sports writing in this country. And he got his very first job at the Evening Sun. My dad hired him. And he wrote this piece, and it was in the uh, Sports Illustrated archives. It was a, it was a color piece. And um, he was talking about how he went back to Norwich in 1993 uh, to cover the local sports scene and to kind of go home again. And um, he, he wrote... Uh, I was only here for 15 months or so. He was the sports writer for the Evening Sun, circulation of 5,500. It was the time to move on to my second job. He'd only been there. He'd gone around and literally knocked on the doors of all the newspapers in the area around Hamilton College. And my dad said yes. And he said in the 15 months he was there, the town was so evocative to him and so small town and 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 a jewel he goes on at length on this piece but he uh but that was back when towns were like that. well he wrote you know the town in bedford falls and it's a wonderful life yeah that was norwich as i remember yeah yeah, a place from a simpler warmer time a place where being a neighbor meant something for me it also meant having to share a party line with four other homes Uh, um not many outsiders know where norwich was norwich connecticut they would ask or norwich vermont but no it was norwich new york smack dab in the middle of the state Norwich was a secret place, like Shangri-La. Wolf really loved Norwich. Now, me being a kid up there... You're like, I kinda, gotta get the hell out of here. I was on the other side of the coin, but I do remember, as far as the, the, the idyllic safety of, of the town, I, I know in 1974, America was a much safer place in general, but Norwich was... The worst thing that happened in town was a couple of kids smoking weed. You know, right. that that was the extent of it. There were There was no... There was no real crime. So one day at the end of June, and around Norwich, there are all of these mom and pop grocery stores. There were, yeah, we had a, we had three proper grocery stores in the middle of town, but in the neighborhoods there was Doyle's, which was the the Doyle's lived in half of the house, and the back half was a grocery store, and they had a couple of refrigerator cases with sold sodas, and there was soup, and you know just right, just right, to, right. and and there was Welch's, and there was Rexford Street Market. Did they have the little cheap candies? They sure did. Yeah. So we would leave from our house at the uh, up on the top of the hill and walk down, kind of walk the hill. And on our way to the Kurt Byer pool, we would stop in at Doyle's and buy some candies to take over the pool. And I remember one day there was a Xeroxed missing persons thing taped next to the register. And it said, Kathy Cooper is missing. Describe what she looked like. She was 16 at the time. There was a drawing of what they thought her abductor looked like. And it was just a generic guy wearing sunglasses. And everybody was like, 
Ka- Wendy Cooper, and she was a couple years older than my brother Mike. She was 16. Mike would have been 14 that summer. I was 11. And I, Michael knew one of the Coopers was a friend of his, but Wendy Cooper was not. But I knew where the Coopers lived. And everybody assumed she just ran away. It was the 70s. And so, no, and, and months went by. And then one day, somebody out um, pheasant hunting found her remains um, up in mm. South Plymouth, which is That's about four scary. miles from Norwich. And the person who had, uh, the police immediately um, thought this guy, Stephen Pierce, had done it because he was one of the last people to have seen her. So he agreed to take a polygraph test and, and uh, he passed it. So they, they took him off the list as an initial suspect. But once the body was found, they were able to place it. It was on a property that his mother owned. And I went to school with Kevin Pierce, his little brother. Right. And Kevin and I were the two smallest kids in our class. And we would trade off as who was the smallest kid in the class of whatever. And so he was a friend of mine off and on. And I remember my dad's newspaper, The Evening Sun, the day that Stephen Pierce was named as the suspect and brought in, it was front page news, literally front page news. So the next morning, Kevin came to school. And before it wasn't even 10 o'clock and the principal came on. No, our our homeroom teacher said, okay, now um, you all know about Kevin's brother. Um, We're not going to talk any more about it. Now, Kevin has already gone home because somebody has said something to him. And I remember looking over at my friend's chipper and all that. And I'm like, Kevin's brother, this is messed up. And the trial brought this small town in Norwich, you know, 10,000 people. We'd never seen anything like it. And there were news crews from Syracuse and Binghamton wow. down yeah, at the courthouse. Yeah, a small town, yeah. And um, eventually he confessed, and, and uh, Wendy Cooper had gone into town. She lived over kind of by the, the swimming pool, and she'd walked into town to get a paintbrush at the Woolworths, and he offered to give her a ride. And her dad actually saw her in the car as it drove down their street, and it looked like she was waving to him or something. And uh, Kevin had taken her out to this quarry that his family owned it was kind of a a, they got they got gravel for construction right and he tried to rape her and she freaked out and and he just beat her head in with a a rock and um later at his trial he uh he didn't tell people but he was he said he was on lsd at the time and then they gave him a uh a minimum of 25 years to life and and it was the biggest news and, and and norwich the innocence of norwich was shattered people you know people it was big news in upstate new york that this murder had happened because that was the sort of thing you always heard happening down in new york city you know serial killers and you know it was the yeah. 70s right yeah that stuff didn't happen in small towns it did not and um but it had to have happened some i mean you know i don't mean to be that coarse but yeah but it just it know. just didn't it didn't happen in norwich right. and so um so he got that. Then he was eventually paroled. They did a piece on him in the Washington Post, and it was called The Sister That Made Good. Now, his half-sister, who was older than him, her name was Bonnie Pierce, and she had done well on a civil service exam and had gone down to Washington, D.C., and she was working as an intern on Capitol Hill for a uh, congressman from Iowa. And she came back to Norwich to testify on behalf of her younger brother, Stephen, as a character witness. And she went back to Washington, and then she followed the congressman back to Iowa. And she went to um, Drake University, got her undergrad and her degree in law. And then in 1993, she was—1997, she was—spring of 1997, President Clinton appointed her the first director— of the Justice Department's new Violence Against Women office. Is that ironic or what? Wow. She said that the, the what she had seen and the trauma uh, that her younger brother had caused 
to the town, but to the Coopers, made her want to make a difference. And Bonnie went on, Bonnie Campbell went on to be kind of a big deal in Iowa politics. And she ran for governor. And it was the two sides of, of, of how could this have right, happened. And right, right, right. reading the story about Bonnie, I learned things about Kevin's family. I knew Kevin was from a poor part of town. And growing up, when you're, you're in it, I didn't realize because it it's um, dairy farms and it's a, it's a very rural county. And I well, remember yeah. in kindergarten, some of the kids just, I, I thought they were dressed funny, but I didn't realize at the time they were really, really poor. And oh. they were wearing hand-me-downs and clothes that didn't fit them. And I didn't realize it. And, and, and some of them were that washed. And I thought, oh, well, they're just grubby because they're kids. But they were coming from these dairy farms. and um, probably, Yeah, they had to get up and work. So, so after 37 years, Stephen is paroled for an, he, so he's in jail for 37 years they did a, an, an interview for him for this piece for the um, Washington Post and they said it looked like he was captured and locked in time they said he looked like he was from 1975 he had on aviator glasses and his hair was parted in the middle and in a ponytail and when he was released no when he was still in when he was still in oh. but when he he's released he went back to Norwich well, you know, it's like, well, where else is he going to go? Uh, yeah, the people in Norwich were not happy about yeah. it. So then, so he's paroled in 2013, and on the morning of May 26, 2021, the city of Norwich police were dispatched to an emergency call by a, by a local grocery store, and a physically and mentally disabled woman had come into the store pleading for help because she had just escaped a sex attack. A few hours later, police arrested Stephen Dale Pierce, 67 of Norwich, and charged him in relation to the case. Yeah. And the town was like, everybody was like, you see? And, and he had a trial a year ago this April. He asked for a bench trial, because which was smart, because if he got a jury trial, the people around, a jury from Norwich would have remembered him from killing Wendy Cooper. Right. So he asked for a bench trial, which is just the judge looking at the facts, and the judge acquitted him. They said that uh, the prosecution did not have sufficient evidence, and they were like, but we've got the reports from the hospital. She was assaulted. They had, you know, and, and uh, Pierce said that, you know, she he was trying to calm her down, and she was freaking out, and, you know, I didn't know what went on, but it was a very weird tale because it, I was thinking about it, and I pulled it up, and I'm like, wow, that went full circle. And um, Bonnie Pierce, has, Bonnie Campbell, has retired from politics, but is still a big deal out in Iowa. Her, you know, she gives your endorsement for whatever. And then here's Stephen Dale Pierce, her brother, her younger brother. It's like the two sides of a coin, and it just, I, you know, yeah. I just remember when all that was going down and seeing the the missing posters of her. All they were everywhere yeah. that summer. Yeah. And um, then when they find found her, like yeah, they found her, they found her. Oh, good. What you know? And it was like, no, she. They, yeah. So well, isn't it? I think statistically, if they're not found within the first, I don't know, few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, goes, that, it gets bad really be, quick. Yeah, it gets bad. It's so sad. Yeah. You were saying you had a similar experience. Well, the right now in Parkersburg, uh, there's a family that I, we went to church with the, the, my mom worked with, um, Mrs. Fleming at the city and, and, uh, the one brother, Phil was a few years older than me. The other brother, David was a few years younger than me. You know, we went to church together. You know, it was, it's like one of those, all oh, those are the Fleming, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, that's the, 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 you know, the Smiths, the Jones, the, oh, those are the Flemings, those are the Evanses, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, David, the younger, the younger son, his daughter, because, you know, he's grown up now. He's an adult, you know. Mm -hmm. And his daughter, uh, Gretchen Fleming, went missing on December 4th of last last year. Oh. And Did they look at him? Well, I, he, I don't think 
he, there's no, I don't think there's any connection with the family on this, but she went missing from a a club and there's been some misdirection from the people that they think are involved. So all this time later and it's still going on and they don't have answers. And I don't know anything more than what I'm talking about. She, she was in a bar club and she was seen leaving with somebody and they've questioned that person and whether it is not given information or, or provided anything or not, she's still missing and nothing's been found. Wow. So, you know, this, this poor family, you know, that there, there's no answers. And I, and I, you know, and it's horrible too, because you know, at this point they're like, we just want to know, like, we just want to know. And it's not that she ran, you know, this isn't a, well, she ran away or she this. I think they found her purse. I think they found some other stuff. But uh, I don't know the specific details on wow. it. Wow. But it's probably it's, foul play then. Yes. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that whenever, you know, when something horrible like this first happens, everybody's like, you know, justice, 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 justice. And then like a couple of months later, it's like, eh, justice. And then three or four months later, it's... Passion fades. You've got it to keep is, it alive. It's so horrible. And this poor family, they just haven't, they don't, they don't have their closure. And did you have... Was there another one with some uh, a, a child missing, like well, your age? Unfortunately, I can't remember the names. And I so when I was a little kid, we lived in Florida. There was a oh little... god! All right, stop right there. Right, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. And her name was I, how, how any child survived in Florida really, in the seventies. Exactly. <laughs> this little girl, her name was Trisha, and she. I went to church with the Hoppers. She was the granddaughter of the Hoppers. We were about the same age. We were in Sunday school, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she went missing, and uh, my sister was friends with the girl that was the the sister that was about her. Age. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're that similarly aged process and the, her body was found, you know, like a month or so, a couple months later in the woods. And it was a guy who was sniffing around Trisha's mother, the, oh. the older, the other daughter, oh, no. you know, and, and somehow he viewed Trisha as a block against him getting it was close. in the way an obstacle yeah an, yeah. an obstacle Ooh, good. yes and yeah. an obstacle of some sort and she he went to jail and i can i can still see the pictures the papers and you know seeing mr and mrs hopper in church and and it was just so like what do you do you know you can't you don't want to say anything you don't want to walk up oh, i'm really sorry you know? what do you say it's it's almost yeah. better to be quiet so the it's just it's just this is you don't think these things happen in the real, you really, I really don't. I honestly, I'm saying here truly, you just don't think things like that really happen. And I know that that's, that sounds naive or stupid or whatever, but, and then you hear it. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. It happens all the time. People are, people are, people are bad. There's bad. No, excuse me. People are bad. There are bad people. Right. And they take advantage of the people who, aren't bad yeah and these horrible horrible innocence. things happen yeah. innocence yeah the trust and, and you know and that's how come like between you and me i always joke with you i i say you are not a naive person by any stretch of the imagination but you do there are times where you i'm like kevin no you're, you're, <laughs> we pull up in front of a really scary 7-eleven <laughs> and he's about ready to hop out and i'm like there's like 20 home no you are not getting out of the car what are you doing yeah and it, that 7-eleven down by the fishing port in Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> man. That's, that's the gauntlet to get into that one and i'm just you know and you and, and i am so jaded and so cynical and you are so you 
Yeah. Uh, I figure I can work my way. Oh through. no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're foolish or anything like that. But I think you see the world a little, a slightly better place than I do. I'm Possibly. more. I'm way more jaded and cynical than you are. Oh uh, yeah. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you're the kind of person who would stop someone broke down on the side of the road. I would. And I would not stop. Uh, if I wouldn't, if it looked sketchy, I wouldn't. I would call. Well, yeah, but, but you don't know what's sketchy anymore. You're. You know, and... women carry. Women can be bad people too Frank my best friend Frank and I years ago we were coming home from a bar in DC and we Oh you told me this good and story we, and, and we're driving out of DC on 395 it's a big highway and on the side of the road are these four girls with a flat tire it's yeah. cold it's a little icy uh, you're gonna and, pull a Joey Tribbiani and help and, them out I, you know and, and Frank was like nope and I'm like but they're girls Frank and Frank has said that back to me a million times but they're girls yeah. and we got out and they didn't have a jack and I had the big Cadillac at the time so I had that but big but you guys were kind of heroes and, you know, and we changed the tire and while we're changing the tire uh, Arling- Arlington County cops come up uh-huh. and because they said they could smell alcohol we had I'd had a drink maybe two I didn't drink heavy then Frank had had several beers I was driving it wasn't a big deal and I had to do a sobriety test. Jesus Christ! And I'm the and and the other cop was hitting on the girls. <laughs> and, I, and this is all the while all those traffic going by and exactly. the Jefferson Memorial. Jefferson Memorial's in the background. Exa- and Frank's the, Pentag- the Pentagon was on one side. Yes, Frank's actually. T- I, Frank doesn't smoke, but I imagine him with a cigarette just flicking the ash and at the he, cop. He is he he has never let me live. But they're gir- we got in the car. He's like, but they're girls, and I'm like, they were girls on the side of the road at one o'clock midnight, one o'clock in the morning on the cold with no jack. <laughs> I felt bad. See, and that's why I'm no longer a nice person. Uh, that one night did it. That huh? one night. It wasn't that succession of disappointments just, later in life. I am just very, very, very cynical and jaded. Yeah. I, I see, I see danger so much more easily than other people. If I saw someone on the side of the road, and you know, I would, I would be inclined to call, call it in uh-huh. versus stopping to help. Right. I am not a stop and help that person makes sense. anymore. That makes sense. I did all. want to circle back oh. to the the the, on the the wolf guy who wrote the article about you know it's a wonderful yes. Norwich. Yes, 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 yes. So he left in 1974, and this is the Norwich I remember. When he left, the town was thriving. Shenango County had a remarkable panoply of industries. Norwich. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Say that sentence again. Shenango County had a remarkable panoply of industries. <laughs> what a bunch of fun words in that sense. <laughs> Shenango County and panoply? Panoply? Oh, please define panoply for wide, me. Oh, word master. Wide and, wide and various. Oh, as opposed to monopoly. Oh, <laughs> look at the education being used oh, today. It, well, Morton Norwich Pharma- Pharmaceutical, which is, we just all called it the pharmacy, and everybody, there was a fairly wealthy upper class in Norwich at the time, and they all worked at the pharmacy. They were PhDs in research, they oh, were MDs yeah, yeah, in yeah. research, and they all worked at the pharmacy, and the pharmacy had, like on the Flintstones at five o'clock, the, the whistle blew at the pharmacy, and you could hear it all over town, and my friend Chipper Denning had to go home when that went off, because that meant it was dinner time, and a lot of parents used that, and I remember it. Morton Norwich Pharmaceutical made Pepto-Bismol and Unguentine. There you go. There was Norwich Mills, which was the makers, uh, makers of Champion Sporting Attire. Oh, okay. Norwich Shoe, 
GLA, which made precision instruments for the space program, Victory Markets, which was a major chain in upstate New York, the headquarters was there, and the Borden Milk Company in Bainbridge, which is right by Norwich, hometown of the inventor of condensed milk, Gail Borden. Look at you. So by the time he got back in 1993, and we had been gone 14 years by then, he's writing about the sports teams, which in the 70s weren't that good, but by the early 90s, they'd become kind of a rallying point for the town because everything else had gone. By the early 90s, Norwich was in the middle of a depression, uh, in the last year alone, that would have been 1992, 1,200 people had lost their jobs in Shenango County, most of them because Procter & Gamble had bought Morton Norwich and were moving all oh, of the production and stuff. Yeah. So they were doing research and development and production in Norwich. Yeah. It was a sprawling plant. Norwich Shoe had closed. Champion, uh, the, the mill at Champion was downsizing, and Victory was had collapsed. The Victory yeah. market chain had completely collapsed. So when Wolf originally got that job, and I remember meeting this guy, the sports writer who wrote this, my dad was paying him $95 a week. That's $13 a day to live on. That's for rent. That's for gas. That's for food. That's for entertainment. $13 Thirteen dollars a day, and you know, and like he said, he looked back on it as such and a it was golden, one of the, be- the best years of his, of his life. life. Isn't that yeah, yeah. something? Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted you can't go home again. I, well, I that's may... true too, but it's that's the, that's the same as with Parkersburg. the The local economy, the local economy was run by plants. There was Dupont, more Marborn, Borg Warner, Ames, Three M. You know, the, all these yeah, yeah, chemicals, yeah. The, all these horrible movies being written uh, out about all the chemicals and stuff in the water. And yeah. The, and all that kind of stuff. And all of the, not all of the executives, but the majority of the management levels and higher were all from out of town. Yeah. So you'd have, you had the, the locals working in the plant, they might be a supervisor, they might be a manager, but all the engineers and the designers and all that kind of stuff were from out of state. Sure. So that's how come there was such an influence of, like, especially in the 80s, as I've told you, that, you know, Parkersburg seemed so cool to me in the 80s right. because, you know, oh, they've got a Volvo, yeah. you know, like... Well, there was, was money in Parkersburg. Yeah. But there but was it, money in Norwich. But it came, it you know, it came... The interest, the interesting things came from away. Came from without. Came from, yeah, 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 yeah something like anyway, that. Anyway, so that, so, I just, yeah. I, that Wendy Cooper, that was just, it was on my mind, and, and I thought, oh, and I was looking at it, and I was like, God damn it, it was back in the news last year. Yeah. And, um, you, but that, that's it. And anyway. you just don't think stuff like that, because Christy, like I told you, when we lived out, when we lived in Florida on Burn Island Road, we lived in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. Christy was a beautiful girl with big bulbs, mm-hmm. and she's right. Riding her bicycle before she drove. You guys didn't have it all you know? over the place. Yeah. And she one day she was uh she was uh riding and she went to you know sometimes when there's a, a park, a public park that they're not really maintaining that well, yeah. so nobody really sure. goes there. So there was this one park down Bird Island Road, it had a boat ramp, it had some picnic tables and stuff, and Christy would, would go down there with the dog, probably to smoke cigarettes or okay. whatever. Sure. And she went down there and she parked her bike and she you know, she leaned it against a picnic bench or whatever, and then she went into the woods or whatever, and these two guys pulled up. 
up. And our dog, we had a German Shepherd named Precious, <laughs> and Precious is like, Rrr! and if Precious got a, you know, Precious could have done some damage. She was a big ass. So they dog. left her alone because of Precious. Well, Christy wouldn't let go of Precious's collar, uh-huh. and they picked up her bike and put it in the back of their truck and drove away. Shit. And Christy's like, what if I'd have been standing out there? What if you know? Yeah, she put was, her in the truck. She was concerned about letting the dog loose because she was scared. scared concerned they would hurt the dog yeah or the dog and when she walked home and she she actually looked like i don't feel so safe anymore i remember her saying something like that's terrifying you think of all the things that could have happened and you too you were hiding that damn bike i know not a not a fear not a care care in the world world. yeah because i pointed out when we were down there i'm like yeah i used to ride my bike over here and then and then you're like you rode your bike that far yes (laughs) nothing else to do so you know we're gonna get you back on that bike oh (laughs) yes okay (laughs) well thank you for listening yes thank you so much